Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Doctrine Matters podcast. This is two days in a row now that I'm coming to you, and I'm coming to you because I believe what we have talked about on the previous episode is really important as we have watched things progress over the last 24 hours. If you haven't listened to the last episode of the podcast, I would encourage you to go back. It was just some late-night thoughts about the verdict that came across with Derek Chauvin yesterday, the cop that was... um, found guilty on three counts of murdering George Floyd. And I talked about there, just if you don't want to go back, you don't have to, but briefly, I talked about there how we need to point people to Christ in our conduct, in our language, because everybody is going to have an opinion on the verdict. They're going to have an opinion on whether there was a fair trial or not, or if the woke mob and the woke mentality had anything to do with this trial and the jury coming to a decision so quick. So there are going to be many conversations, many disagreements. There are some things that I I particularly see that I have my own thoughts about when it comes to considering the fair trial, considering the woke mob that's out there. We briefly talked about social justice and what the woke mentality looks like, especially as it infiltrates our churches. But we have to be careful as Christians when we talk and engage with someone, whether it be face-to-face, whether it be online like this, over a Skype or a Zoom, meeting, or even if we're using our fingers and typing a Facebook message or a Twitter update status. Now, I said yesterday on the podcast that we need to be pointing people to Jesus with our speech, even if we disagree. We also, in that, need to be exalting Christ and giving God glory in all things. Well, let's fast forward here to today when I click on some things and I, I look at a quick look at Twitter because I'd seen where somebody had said something. Now, this somebody happens to be a quote-unquote Christian rapper that has used his platform to make a bold statement. Now, this statement that he made is not something that a Christian should be saying. Matter of fact, um, we are encouraged as believers not to even engage in jokes. And uh, many of us have probably heard jokes concerning what he has said. And I'm getting this pulled up right now because I want to make sure that I say this exactly like he wrote it because I don't want to put words in his mouth and I don't want to accuse him of saying something that he didn't say. Um, So I want to pull up Twitter and I want to read this exactly how it reads. This was from the Christian rapper Derek Minor. Now, after the verdict was released, after the verdict was revealed, he took to Twitter and he says this, and I quote, don't drop the soap, ho. Don't drop the soap, ho. Now, I think he's come back and tried to clarify that he didn't mean what it sounded like it meant. Now, I think all of us have 
been in some sort of conversation and probably have heard jokes about people in prison and dropping the soap in the shower and all of those things. I'm not going to get graphic because I don't think it's going to benefit anyone that's listening. I will tell you this. If you have no idea what dropping the soap in prison means, you can ask somebody that does. I'm not going to put that out here, but I can tell you this. It's very bad. It's sexual in nature. And it is not something that should be coming from Christians' lips or even their fingers as they type out statuses on Twitter. Now, I know that many of you may say, well, aren't you a sinner, Stephen? And I would say, absolutely. And I would quickly have people in my corner that would say, you are in sin, you need to delete it, you need to apologize, you need to repent for what you have said as a professing believer on a platform that is going out to thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people. So I would be held accountable for the things that I say on social media, and I have been held accountable for the things I've said and done on social media. So this, to me, proves that somebody is not holding Derek Miner accountable for what he says, and he does. Now, this should not surprise me. This sort of rhetoric doesn't surprise me after I took a brief look at his Twitter account and I saw something he said what that, that he just had fun doing an interview. So I briefly listened to a part of the interview that he, they, that he had retweeted and put up here. And essentially what he says in this interview, he says, uh, when, you're, when I say, hey guys, you're benefiting from this system, they say it's too much work to undo that. The only way to fix the financial situation situation for the African-American community is not anything other than capital via reparations because your country is built off capital. So this shows me right here that Derek Miner has fallen into the woke crowd. He is woke. He believes that there are oppressors and the oppressed, and if you do not believe the way that Derek Miner believes, then you are an oppressor and you must be eradicated. You must be removed from society. You must then become oppressed by the woke mob. So here we have a man that professes Christ. He, he sings and raps about Christ, yet he's saying things like, don't drop the soap, ho, in relation to Derek Chauvin and his guilty verdict, and he will be sentenced and, and likely going to prison for quite a while because of the guilty verdict. And it doesn't just stop with Derek Miner, but he is one of those that has the blue check mark on Twitter, so he is a, 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 a large personality with a big platform. But even on Facebook Christian groups, you know how you can go on Facebook and you can be part of groups like a, a Christian group or a Reformed group or a, a Baptist group. I've seen on two different groups today of professing believers, one arguing with one another over this trial that has not brought glory to God, nor has it exalted Christ. It has only dotted the eye even further of the church as so-called believers have engaged online and fought with one another over woke theology and biblical theology. They have argued with one another over a fair trial or not a fair trial. They have argued with one another over racism or not being a racist. There have been a lot of professing brothers and sisters in Christ that have gone head-to-head -head and toe-to-toe -to -toe over the past 24 hours since this verdict has been released. And not only that... 
I saw on another um, Facebook group that a board member at a church has posted on his social media that now they need to get along and sentence the SOB. Now, that is not a way a professing believer should talk, even online. It is easy to do and say things online. I get it. But we as believers must be disciplined enough to be, number one, held accountable for what we do and say online, and number two, not engage in any type of language online that we would not say out loud in our respective churches or from even the pulpit. Now, I get it. I know we all say things that we wouldn't say from the pulpit, but we have to think when we engage, especially with topics like this, what are we promoting? What are we saying? And what we need to be saying is Christ crucified. That should be the language that points every situation, every conversation right back to the cross and what Jesus did at Calvary and the blood that was shed there. We have got to stop trying to win arguments because we think that our opinion or what we think is better than someone else's. Listen, I have thoughts and opinions about this thing. I could be totally wrong about it. God knows, and I said in the past episode that God in His providence has allowed all of these things to play out according to His will. So I cannot question how this has played out. I cannot really question... why God is allowing this woke theology and this liberal theology to invade many churches. I can't do that. But what I can do is engage with people, have good conversations with people that point them back to Christ, that give God glory, that exalt the Savior, and speech that is edifying to one another, even if I'm speaking to an unbeliever, because you can speak the gospel in a conversation with an unbeliever. So we can take this and we, 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 we look at these conversations and we see that the body of Christ is not acting like the body of Christ. The body of Christ needs to get a grip. The body of Christ needs to understand Ephesians chapter 4. Listen to this. Starting in verse 26, be angry and do not sin. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be frustrated. It is okay to have opinions. But the Bible says, be angry and do not sin. He goes on to say, do not let the sun go down on your anger. So if you have sinned, then make it right with a brother or sister. Make it right with somebody. If you've sinned against them, go ask them for forgiveness. If you have sinned against somebody, ask them for forgiveness. If I have, I should ask them. If somebody has sinned against us, tell them their fault. Admit to them their fault. Jesus gives us this outline in Matthew chapter 18. But Paul goes on to say here in Ephesians, Be angry, do not let your sun go down on your anger, or be angry and do not sin, excuse me, do not let your sun go down on, do not let the sun go down on your anger, and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Listen to this. This is where we're getting into what Derek Miner has said today and what some people have said on social media, and probably even in direct conversation one-on-one with one another. Let no, verse 29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. 
the conversations and the rhetoric I've seen today have not been building up. They have t- tear da- they're tearing down the body of Christ. They're tearing down and dragging the name of Jesus through the mud. And all the while, again, I can't stress this enough, but the church or the world is watching the church. The church is in the spotlight, especially in times like this. Again, I am a man that is sinful, that is fallen, that I'm going to have to give an account for my sin one day. I have had corrupt talk come out of my mouth. I have had times where my speech has not been seasoned with grace. And I will give an account. But I praise God that I have godly men and even women, mainly my wife, but there are people that that are in my corner that will say, you are wrong. You need to repent. You need to change whatever it is you're doing and get back on the right track. I praise God for people that are willing to have hard conversations with me. I ask people every time there's a situation or every time that I wonder about something, am I in sin? Have I sinned? Because I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be in sin and I don't want to sin against my brother. So we know that sin is in the world, so we have to be held accountable, number one. But when we do let corrupt talk come out of our mouths or we do let some sort of speech come out of our mouth that is not seasoned with grace, we need to be prepared to say, will you forgive me? I'm sorry. I should not have done that. I should not have said that. Will you forgive me? And then we make it right. I think Well, I know God is honored and Christ is exalted when we can admit our mistakes and ask for forgiveness and move forward in grace and love for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But what I am seeing right now all over the place, what I'm hearing right now is nothing more than division. It is conflict. It is sin. And the Bible is clear that there should be no division among you. I believe that as true believers in Christ, that means not only the local church, but I believe as the universal church. So as we engage with brothers and sisters that go to different local churches, we are still part of the universal church, which means that we should not be causing divisions. However, When woke theology comes into the mix, when all of this unbiblical jargon comes into the mix, we do have to combat that with the truth of God's Word. But even then, we can do it with grace and love. We can be firm but true. We can be firm but loving. We can engage unbiblical strategies, unbiblical methods with grace, love, mercy, and even forgiveness. We don't have to be headhunters. We don't have to go out and, and, and just start ripping people apart online. We don't have to rip people's heads off in the church that bring forth this false, doc, false doctrine, but we do have to be firm and cut it off immediately. But even then, we can be as tender and loving as Christ was, but also as rough and tumble and and just as much as we need to be, but still be under this umbrella of grace and love. So even in our conversations, no matter if we disagree or agree, we have got to not let any corrupt talk coming out of our come out of our mouths. Derek Miner and other people that I have seen today have let this happen. And I feared that it would happen because so many people want to be right. So many people want to be heard. So many people think that what they say is true. 
And I am grieving that today because we have seen a man lose his life in George Floyd, a man now with a family that will be sent to prison for many, many years. Uh, Their lives are uprooted. They're all made in the image of God. And here we are arguing over specifics, arguing over uh, trials, arguing over who's right and who's wrong, arguing over racism, when what we need to do is get in the Word of God together so we can sharpen one another. Now, I fear that this isn't going to end anytime soon because it wasn't even a full 24 hours. As a matter of fact, I think about an hour uh, or an hour and a half after the verdict was released, there was another officer involved shooting. Uh, I believe it was in Ohio. And this officer rolls up to this house that had called him. Many of you have probably seen this already. The, the body cam footage has been released. He walks up. There's this 15, 16-year-old girl. I've heard both 15 and 16. I think last I heard she was 16. Either way, he comes up. It's clearly on the camera. She has got a steak knife or some sort of large knife, and she is going after this girl. This girl falls to the ground. She's stabbing her and then turns her attention to another person, another girl, up against the car, and she starts trying to stab her, and the officer shoots the girl with the knife to save the life, potentially, of those two girls, especially the one that she had turned her attention to and had up against the car. So this this 16-year-old girl loses her life, and all of a sudden now, here we find ourselves again with a white cop shooting and killing a black person. But here is a narrative that I'm sure will not get out. He was saving the life, not of a white girl, but of a black girl. So there are going to be narratives pushed on this, and let me tell you something. If somebody is stabbing me and I don't have my weapon on me and I can't physically get to them and, and, and hurt them or get them off of me, I want somebody to shoot that person, to get them off of me because I don't want to lose my life at the hands of a steak knife or a kitchen knife or any other kind of knife. I want an officer to be there to help me. And you do too. The thing is, many people are too busy hollering defund the police and racist cops and systemic racism that they fail to see that they would want the officer to do the same thing if they were in that girl's shoes who was pressed up against a car having a knife being swung at her internal organs. Her heart could have been hit. Her her organs anywhere could have been hit. She could have been stabbed in the in the face, in the head, in the neck, anywhere. She could have lost her life that day. But this officer steps in and, and, and made a judgment call. Now, the, the woke mob is going to say that he's racist. They're going to say another one. And as a matter of fact, uh, let me just pull up Twitter here. Uh, everyone's favorite basketball player, LeBron James turned social justice warrior, has already made a... Um, has already made a post concerning this, and, and listen to this. Let me let me read this to you as I have gone to search for LBJ. It looks like Derek Miner has updated his Twitter account to say something about people calling for him to take his status down. Let's see what it says. This is not. Um, this is probably not. Well, I don't see it anymore. Uh, he may have just he may have taken that one off. I don't know. Either way, but he said he's still a child of God, uh, even though you want him to take his status down. Apparently, he's not going to do so. He's not willing to be held accountable, it seems. So, back to everyone's favorite basketball player, and I say that with some sarcasm. Um, Everybody's favorite basketball player turned social justice 
Warrior. Uh, let's see what he said. If he hasn't already deleted it. Uh, let's see. Yeah, he has deleted the tweet, it appears. So he posted a picture of the police officer that shot the 16-year-old girl. And, it, of course, it's, it's, it's online. It's Twitter. It, it's screenshot. It is now being shared um, all over the place. And he essentially says, you're next. Time's running out, basically. He had an hourglass uh, emoji there that showed that his time's running out and that he will be the next one that is account held accountable for his actions. Now, again, all of the narrative is going to be pushed that this cop was a racist, that this cop killed a black girl, that this cop should be fired, he should be convicted of murder without knowing the facts. And and, and I'm thankful, and, and, and we live in a day now where these body cam footages are, are really telling, and they we're thankful for them. But even with the body camera footage, people are going to say the same narrative over and over and over. It's going to give people a right to start to riot again, to loot again, especially, you watch, if this officer is not charged, if he is not, quote-unquote, held accountable according to the woke mob standards, there will be violence in the United States of America. Again, we will see another summer of riots, I'm afraid. We will see another summer of America burning and that saddens me. But what can we expect from a nation that kills babies every day in the womb with no remorse? It celebrates death. It celebrates homosexuality. It reminds me a lot of biblical times, Sodom and Gomorrah. We are worse, it seems, than Sodom and Gomorrah right now. Another thing I've seen today um, I don't know what denomination it was. Maybe Methodist. I can't remember. I don't want to put this out there. Well, it, whatever. You can probably look it up. But it's the first drag queen minister giving a sermon on Drag Queen Sunday or Drag Sunday. This is the world we live in. We see these narratives being pushed. So there's nothing else to do but get behind these narratives for most people without truly knowing the facts and especially biblical facts. We're gonna, we are going to find ourselves in some really, really dark times. But listen, church, let me tell you something. This is the, 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 the overall thing I want to tell you here today. Do not lose heart. Press on. Keep moving forward in your walk with Christ. Keep glorifying God. Keep exalting the Savior. Keep building one another up and keep serving for the glory of God. Don't find yourselves getting caught up in foolish debates, foolish controversies, conflicts, divisions. Speak Christ. Anytime that you have a conversation with anyone, let it be that it is pointing right back to Jesus Christ. This was the big push last episode is let everything you do and say point people to Christ, whether they're a believer or an unbeliever, because we live in a day where we need Jesus now more than ever. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, well, actually, when we look at biblical times and the things that happened there, there was a tremendous uh, amount of sin and debauchery taking place in the Bible times. So we may just be right there in line with the with the with the Bible and the sin that has always been around. But we need 
Christians to stop fighting over their opinions and start sharpening one another. It's okay to talk through these issues, but we have got to make much of Jesus in our conversations. If you have engaged in some sort of conversation that has not brought God honor and glory, then I would urge you to repent. It appears that Derek Minor is not going to do so. I, I encourage you to repent of anything you've said, anything you've put online that is not of God, that is of corrupt speech. And again, I want to remind you, be angry and do not sin. And let me also remind you of Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Give grace to those who hear by letting them hear the truth of God's word and Christ and Christ crucified. Nothing more, nothing less. Sharpen one another over the issues from a biblical perspective, but exalt the Savior. Give God glory and build one another up. Those are pillars of ministry that we should be doing as believers as we are on mission for the kingdom of God and for the exaltation of Christ. So, believers, please, I am begging you, don't fall into this trap of getting wound up over this. Everything that's happening is happening under the sovereign rule and sovereign hand of God. Don't lose heart. Press on. Keep living for Jesus. Keep reading and studying the scriptures. Keep the faith. Stay hopeful. Christ died, was buried, and rose again. And if you've repented of your sin and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, you have the assurance of that salvation that one day you will spend eternity with Him. So don't lose heart. Don't steer to the right or to the left. Don't look to these worldly things and get caught up and entangled in them. But keep your eyes focused on Christ as you are having conversations and engaging on these tough issues. I was thinking today after I put out the podcast episode last night, started thinking about a guilty verdict. And, and, and let me tell you this, we are all guilty. Every one of us, we are guilty of sin against a holy and perfect God. You may say, oh, I'm a good person. Well, Romans chapter 3 will tell you that there are none that are good. There are none that seek after God. You may be, quote unquote, moral, but you are not good spiritually. Matter of fact, Paul says in Ephesians 2, you are dead, that you will not seek after God on your own. But praise God by His grace and mercy, He opens up our hearts to hear the gospel and to respond in repentance and faith, to acknowledge your sin, to ask forgiveness for that sin and turn from that sin and believe that Jesus Christ came, died, rose again, is seated at the right hand of God, and one day is coming back to judge the living and the dead. The Bible says if you believe that in your heart, that He came and He died for your sins, and he died in your place, and you believe that he did, and he died and he rose again, and he's coming back one day to judge the living and the dead, and you confess that with your mouth, it's simple. The Bible says you will be saved. You don't have to wait till you get to church on Sunday to walk an aisle and repeat a prayer. Repeating a prayer does not save you. It is not in the Bible. It is not biblical. What is, is repentance and faith. We all stand guilty before God. But Praise be to him. He sent his only beloved son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. What have you done with Christ? How have you responded to the gospel? Do you know Jesus? Have you truly repented of your sin and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? I hope so, church. I hope so. 
everyone that's listening. I hope that you are truly saved. The old Baptist way of saying it, do you know that you know that you know that you are saved? That is the big question. So again, just a very, very quick recap. Give God glory in your speech. Don't don't get caught up in endless debates that are just going to cause anger, division, and frustration. Keep your eyes focused on, on godly things, not on things of the world, and exalt Christ. Give God glory and build one another up in everything that you do. And if you are not saved, I pray that you would repent of your sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much again for listening, and until next time, God bless.